Hello and welcome to the Shut Your New Soul podcast. On this episode, we discuss the George Floyd murder and subsequent protests. Please note that at the end of the show, we do suffer some technical difficulties. We apologize in advance. Thank you. This, this is difficult for me to talk about because when you had the Ahmaud Arbery thing happen, and then mm-hmm. what was the young lady who all, who got murdered? Uh, I feel bad that I don't remember the name, but I remember remember the exact situation. Um, Police broke into the home. They thought there was a drugs there. It was like a drug raid, but they didn't have any drugs. Her husband or boyfriend obviously was frightened when people barged into the home and he pulled out his gun and then a firefight ensued and she was shot a ridiculously number of times while sleeping in her bed. Right. Yeah, so those two things happened earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and it's, it sounds bad to say, but I, I've gotten into this, I've gotten to the place where I hear about these things and I, and I go, well, you know, that happens. It's there's another mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and there 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 have just been so many, like it's. It, since, since the rise of the cell phone camera, just mm-hmm. so many, and nothing ever seems to change. So I got to a point where I was kind of like not really thinking too much about it, kind of tuning it out, which is bad yeah, to I say. Think, I, I feel bad saying the same thing, but at the same time, I think it's just kind of human nature that it happens so often that it's almost no longer news. And you know that you're, you're disturbed by it, Maybe you think about posting about it on Facebook, then you figure, eh, someone else will, or, I, I mean, I've done that where it's, I think it's almost like we're exhausted or we're resigned to the fact that right. this is how it is. But as we know, it seems that people are starting to become less resigned to that. This is just how it is after the George Lloyd killing. Well, I- Oddly enough, a lot of people are saying that the 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 different ingredient this time was mm-hmm. that we were all stuck at home. Yeah. And so we had very few distractions. Mm-hmm. So people couldn't ignore it. Um mm-hmm. it's especially especially white people, which if you go back and you look at the, the Black Lives Matter protests um from Ferguson and the protests before it, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were there were a sprinkling of of white people in in those crowds, but nothing like we're seeing right now. Just right, just tons and tons of white people, mm-hmm. you know, fighting the cops. Which, well, is also not just stuck mean. at home, but a lot of people just not just stuck at home, but at least a lot of people are unemployed. They just they have the time too. So maybe yeah, maybe it was a. A logistical thing and people just could do it maybe people wanted to do it in the past but had jobs to go to or were in school i don't know but i also do think though that there was certain something that was a little bit more egregious to the george lloyd killing than others um because it was just so um intentional i mean you just you're watching it with your eyes sometimes when you see these things it's hard to see what understand what's going on this one, it was just so blatant. And furthermore, 
it was it obviously was not lost on most people that you had Colin Kaepernick who started out with the kneeling during the national anthem to protest police violence. And then you have this officer kneeling on a person. So it, it was just that, that imagery that I also really got caught in people's consciousness. And you can't ignore that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also the thing that struck me was the, the, the rookie cop asking the veteran cop while mm -hmm. he was doing it, like, you know, should we, should you be doing that kind of, you should probably right. not do that. And the, the veteran cop was like, no, we were doing this. Mm -hmm. And the, the other thing that struck me in the video was him calling for his mother, which yeah, I think tough. that got a lot of people because when you hear someone dying and calling for their mother, that hits you. Yeah. I mean, you have to have it's, like it's, no heart not to, be affected by that. Yeah. And, and the fact that his, mo his mother passed away. Mm -hmm. So he's calling on the ghost of his mother. Yeah. I mean, it, he was obviously at the most terrifying moment of his life. I mean, he was about to lose it. He knew it. Um, and also, again, uh, it just seemed like intentional murder. I mean, that cop, whatever the hell his name is, I forget. He had to know that he was doing that. I mean, he knew. He was just intentionally killing that man. He was killing George Lloyd. Right. Well, and, and that 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 point brings me to makes me think about you know some of my interactions with the police and mm -hmm. how th this hasn't been all interactions, but a, a fair enough amount that I'm I'm, I'm afraid of of police, and I have been since probably a teenager let's make it clear to, um, to our audience that you're black right i am black. i mean not yeah. not right <laughs> i know you so so that i mean that that also uh plays a key role in how people have interactions with the police because i'll talk about some of mine and i'm white so you talk about yours first right people now know that you're a black guy well the the, the thing that always got me was the, the sheer level of of aggression, mm -hmm. like I've had cops just just rail into me about a minor traffic infraction, and I'm like, should you really be this upset about this? Right, right. And you're making me afraid, you mm -hmm. know. And it's like, if 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 you're if you're a peace officer, that I, I, I kind of feel like you should probably, you know exemplify peace <laughs> yeah rather, rather than, than than seeming like you're about to blow a gasket mm -hmm. over you know a, a, a illegal right turn you know mm -hmm. yeah and every time i've ever been pulled over for speeding or whatever i i the, the police officers never were angry or aggressive toward me like you just described they were always cordial strict but cordial yeah um, yeah, I've, I've had I've had some some police officers treat me like I was a, a, a disobedient puppy, like I like I just mm -hmm. peed on their new hardwood floors, mm -hmm. and I'm like, we're both adults here. I think mm -hmm. we can you know just do this normally, right? Um, but even 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 
the the thing about it for me is that, and it's it's it's, it's difficult to talk about for me, but you don't think of yourself as a threat, you know, especially when you're mm-hmm. a teenager. You know, you, you're bebopping around, and mm-hmm. you know, you don't you don't you don't think of yourself as this big brooding threat, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the thing that every time a cop pulls me over, I have to. I have to make sure that I let them know that I am not a threat. Like that's right. the first thing I think about. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be incumbent upon me to try to de-escalate a situation when right. they're the ones being paid to de- de-escalate situations. Mm-hmm. And it's well, it's not it's not just police either because when when my my son was born this past October. Mm-hmm. I was in the parking garage of the hospital. It was late at night because, you know, she went into labor pretty late in the evening. And I'd gone back to the car to get something in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm standing there. And this, I don't know if it was like university police or security guard or whatever, but he came up and asked me what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it turns out someone had called security because there was a lone black man standing in the parking garage. And I was like, I'm, ha- I'm having a baby. Right. So And a thousand even, indignities even, like this. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a black male into the world while also being, being yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, mistreated and seen right. as a threat by, by the society I live in. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hope it didn't take any of the um, joy out of the situation of bringing, you know, your son into the world after having that experience, thinking like, oh, go, look, look, we're look into the world that I'm bringing my black son into. What happened to his dad? Well, no, I mean, the, 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 thing, the thing about the, the thing about being being black is it's kind of like that line from 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 Avengers where they asked Bruce, Bruce Banner you know, to help out with the aliens attack. And, and he's like, well, that's, that's the thing. I'm always angry. So right. for, 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 for me, and I, it's probably true for other people that, that the thought of being seen as a threat is pretty constant. And you're always negotiating that and navigating through life with that concern. You know, mm-hmm. if not top of my, it's always at least in the back of your mind. Like, right. Any any anytime I'm driving through the suburbs, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I walk around my car to make sure that all the tail lights work, you know, my yeah. you know, my registration is is easily available. I I have, I have one friend tell me that he keeps his license and registration on the dash at all times. With, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm gonna I have a story related to that. But please continue. No, go ahead. Oh, well, first of all. Um, the vast majority of my experiences with police officers have been, yeah, I felt that they were professional um, and I never, you know, felt, you know, threatened or felt that I was being, you know, called out or, or profiled or anything like that. Um, but a number of years ago, <laughs> I was coming home from work. Um, I was coming down on Locust Avenue for our listeners, if they're not familiar, in Milwaukee, it's, it's a fairly busy road but it's just a just you know just two lane traffic 
and there was a hoopty looking car in front of me going really slow and I just wanted to get home. There was nobody coming on the other lane so I gunned it and passed the hoopty and lo and behold the hoopty was an undercover cop <laughs> and all of a sudden the lights go on and I was just pissed off. I pull over and he pulled behind me and I angrily reached for my glove box and grabbed my registration. He comes to the car and it's a normal interaction. I knew I, what I did wrong. And then it occurred to me later, oh my God, for all he knew, I could have been reaching for a gun. Like, and, and he didn't say anything like, hey, you shouldn't do that. It just, it occurred to me that the way I did it, you know, I did it in, in a quick, angry movement. Um, and so that's something to consider. And yeah, so I completely understand why your friend does what he does. I even wonder if I should Boy. do that just to be extra safe. Well, and you, you, it probably occurred to you at some point that if I were black, this might have been a real big problem. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's the other part of it. I often thought, what, what if I was black? Then would it have been different? Um, right. I don't know. Might, 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 might you have made the news that night? Uh, yeah. And other situations I had with police, of course, you know, as a skateboarder, as a teenager, we would, you know, climb fences and skateboard and inside empty pools. And the cops would come and, you know, just tell us to get the hell out of there. So there's usually no problems there. Um, but I did have one situation where I felt that the cops, they didn't behave appropriately. I was, um, I was late to go to an event that I was supposed to, you know, I was working as a reporter at the time and uh, I was speeding and I got pulled over. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, the, the, the police came to the car. I gave them the, my license and registration. They go back and then they asked me to get out of the car. And so this is very different from previous times that I've been pulled over. And uh, I wasn't nervous, but I was just curious to me. And, you know, the next thing you know, they're like, please turn around, put your hands on the car and then, you know, put your hand behind your back. And they handcuffed me. Um, and they handcuffed, the handcuffs were pretty tight enough that it was uncomfortable. You know, I did not uncomfortable enough that I'm going to say, you know, whimper or ask them to loosen it. But I remember thinking, like, is that necessary? And later on, I had welts mm -hmm. on my wrist. But in any event, um, there were two police officers there. Both of them, six feet or more, 200 pounds or more. I'm not a big guy. Um, so there, I, you know, clearly I was not a physical threat to them. And then they had me sitting in the back seat of the police car and they searched my car. And, you know, first they asked me if there was anything I had in there. I said, no, but you know, search it. They did. Of course, they didn't find anything. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, what's going on here now because they came back to the car and then said, we're going to take you to the police station. And I'm just bewildered because all I was doing was speeding and I didn't find any drugs in my car. So I was driven to the police station. This was in Shorewood. And um, then I was put in a cell and told, you know, either leave your shoes out or take your shoelaces out. And it just seemed a little bit overwrought for what was, you know, for just speeding. And I was in there for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then finally they came, let me out and said, okay, it looks like, you know, 
three years ago, you were pulled over because you needed to get a new muffler, you know, a sound violation. And uh, apparently either you, you didn't do it or you failed to notify us. So there's been a warrant for you. So a number of things went through my mind. First of all, even when I got to the station, why did it take them so long to figure that out in the age of computers and databases? Also, why couldn't the police officers just be able to check that from their car? You would just think that from their point of view, why do they want to waste time? You know, first of all, they don't know if I'm a murderer or just some idiot who didn't, you know, tell the police that I got my muffler fixed. You would think it would just for their own peace of mind, they would want to know who they're dealing with. And there, we have the technology where they can find out right away what I, why there was a, a warrant for me. And then the, the final thing is just, this was in winter. And since I was running late and I was just going to drive to a place and get inside, I didn't have a jacket. So finally, when I got out, I asked them if they, because I was about a mile away from my car, and I asked if they could drive me back, and they said no. So not a huge deal, but I basically was sent out, you know, into the cold with no jacket, and I had to run to my car. So again, you know, it's not a huge deal, but it just seemed a little bit overboard for the situation. I don't know. Well, that, that leads me to my thought about all of this, mm -hmm. which is, do we need armed police officers doing traffic stops and, mm -hmm. and responding to domestic, domestic violence calls and directing traffic and you know, being called to a, a strip mall when a homeless person is there? Do, mm -hmm. do we need police for that? And I think we're, right now we're rightfully having the conversation about what policing should look like. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if if we need someone like that for those those purposes. Why not just have, you know, a a a different set, a, a different group of people who respond to to you know infractions or disturbances like that um you know it's a fair question uh, particularly for um i think pe when people are called in for um well domestic disputes really can be heated there's a lot of emotions going on and americans own guns but when people yeah. call in people yeah, who are mentally ill for mentally ill situations i mean obviously clearly it's much better to have somebody who's you know knows how to deal with people with mental illness instead of a police officer who does not and will probably escalate the situation. Um, I, I, on one level, we need, I think, people out in traffic to make sure that you know people aren't driving nuts. At the same time, a couple months ago, I was driving home from Chicago and I sped through a intersection just as it turned red and there was a flash and I thought, damn it, I bet they took a picture of my license plate. And sure enough, two weeks later, I got a ticket sent in the mail. So we do know that we have yeah. technology to, um, you well, know, at least well, and, and I, I live in I, I live in Chicago, and it's not just it's not Poor just you running a red light. If you're if you're speeding, there there are cameras for that too. Oh, really? Okay, we don't have that in Milwaukee, so yeah. I get to speed. Yeah. Well, my my point is, my point is. You know, we don't, we don't, the people who are leaving parking tickets, uh, both in Chicago and in Milwaukee, they're not mm -hmm. walking around armed. 
Well, no. They 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 have a they have a booklet or they have a they have a handheld device mm-hmm. and they take your license plate and they submit the ticket. But that's, that's also because there's nobody in the car when they do that. They're doing it to cars that have well, yeah, sat but, there over but, the meter. But but here but but here's the thing. Okay. My my partner is a, is a social worker and she mm-hmm. worked for years in the projects in New York City. And she would get sent out to these homes where she wasn't sure what the home was or who was inside of it. Mm-hmm. She mentioned one time that she went to a place and it was an actual crack house. Wow. Now, she was, she was, she's trained to, to be able to negotiate people with, with who need services. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we, and, and I don't think that's a unique experience for a mm-hmm. lot of social workers in this yeah. country. And you don't hear a lot about social workers either being killed or killing people. Right. So to say that to, to say that a domestic viol- violence call could be dangerous. Well, when you get there and you assess the situation that, oh, this is going to this can't be de-escalated, by all means, call call an armed patrolman. Right. By all means. But should that my 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 thing is someone with a gun and training to put down violent situations is probably not the first call you want to make. I think I get what you're saying. So maybe there should be a, a, a um, guidelines implemented. Okay, we have a call you know, to 9-11 or whatever that there's this violent domestic dispute going on. And that then, you know, we send out a social worker who arrives and, you know, assesses the situation. And then maybe this person has quick access to a police officer that would probably be in the vicinity that the social worker can call if it's like a truly life-threatening violent situation. But if it isn't, the social worker can do their thing. And instead of having a, a police officer act as a social worker. So yeah, I see what you mean. Maybe, you know, creative thinking, I think there could be a, you know, that could be one way that we change dealing with at least domestic disturbances, for example. And that could probably save right, lives. And, and I'm, I'm I'm all for this defund the police movement because we need to talk about what that really means though. We need to talk about what that really means because that was some of the worst branding I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Because the first thing people think is like, what do you mean? Don't fund the police? How are we gonna have police then? So why don't you explain more what that really what it means? Well, most of the people that I've heard speak about it, and my my understanding of it is that you you pretty much get rid of most of the police, mm-hmm. and you replace those people with individuals who are trained in these specialized areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ways you do that is instead of sending out a cop to a domestic domestic violence call, you send out a social worker, or instead of Instead of um, having traffic stops, um, like patrols, you mm-hmm. just don't have patrols at all. No foot cops, no cars and in, in intercept, no cops and interceptors, no bike cops, none of it. So you treat the police like we treat firefighters. If there's a disturbance, if there's a fire, 
You call the fire department, they're there. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not driving around looking for the fire. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're driving around looking for a fire, you're you're probably gonna find a fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so if if you're a cop and you're you're looking for crime, then you're probably gonna find crime. And that and that might just be somebody jaywalking or some dude selling loose cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Are there any other so countries that you can think my, of though that don't have beat police going around though? I mean, it, there's something that still seems a little wrong that they're you know like I, I don't like the idea of say going to Summerfest, a huge music festival, and knowing that there's no police around when I know that there's a lot of well, drunk people and I've seen so many fights at Summerfest. Well, well, Summerfest is is a, is an edge case. I mean, okay. that's a private organization. They can they can clearly um, uh, pay armed mm-hmm. police or security guards to be there. Okay. But just out in in my neighborhood, like, mm-hmm. why do I need that? I, I I don't I don't know that I do. Okay. Or so that's maybe that's my understanding. Yeah, or maybe the the role can somewhat be changed. Maybe there what there needs to be is more. Um, more community involvement. I think we had talked before about maybe the people who, you know, you police your neighborhood, you know, um, you're not having a police officer who lives in one part of Milwaukee policing, say, the inner city. Maybe it makes more sense that the police officer for a certain neighborhood is actually from the area and can then build personal relationships with the the people in the area. The the problem with that, there's no evidence that leads to uh, um, a decline in in mm-hmm. officer involved shootings or police brutality. There's also the in what sorry because if you remember a few years ago, Milwaukee had that policy. Yeah, and the Republicans in the government uh, and the, pl- the police union lobbied to get rid of it, and now Milwaukee no longer has that has that mm-hmm. um, that policy. I'd be curious and to find out what people in Milwaukee would would, would prefer or want. I mean, do people in high crime areas in Milwaukee, do they want police in the area? Do they not want that? I think that's important, it, too. It may vary by... I don't know what the answer is. I'm just um, speaking. But there, there was also a, a program in anyway, Jackson, sorry. Mississippi, where I'm from, where they gave police officers housing vouchers to be able mm-hmm. to buy homes in, in neighborhoods that you know, they were going to be patrolling. Or mm-hmm. that needed that needed uh, um, you know more police presence, mm-hmm. and that's a kind of a a private uh, sector way of doing it, which Republicans tend to, to be okay with. Right. But they would never go for making it a, a rule that you mm-hmm. have to live in the district that you that you police. Mm-hmm. I I don't see that happening. And also don't think maybe I'm just being thing. naive and I'm thinking of just like Mayberry where you're like, hi, Officer Johnson. Hello there, Billy. And, you know, hi, can I see you need a you're having car trouble. I'll help you there. You know, I'm kind of thinking in these like maybe overly optimistic terms of how, you know, your neighborhood policeman is kind of like, you know, who are the people in your neighborhood? And, you know, somebody that you like and trust. I, maybe it's not really reasonable or realistic to create that kind of. Um, relationship with a community. I don't know. Well, 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 I mean, for the people who who live in that community, it it may work. Mm-hmm. But what happens when 
you know, they're people who are just going through or your cousin came over to visit. They don't know who these people are. You know, so I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know of any evidence that that policy, you know, lessens these problems. Yeah. Okay. Those are some good points. I, my, 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 my thinking is the police are the police are like hammers mm-hmm. and to a hammer everything looks like a nail right so you don't you don't make any distinction <laughs> between you know a a a person selling loose cigarettes on the corner and you know somebody you know walking down the street with a gun and, and you know cocked and loaded like mm-hmm. those two people apparently if they're black get the same treatment <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is, which of course is insane. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So. Well, and, and I'm, I'm also not saying that. I'm saying you get rid of. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through, a, a few things that I think might. Okay. Help. All right. Um. Get rid of patrols. Okay. I don't know if we need them. So, you know, no, nobody patrolling any part of the city. Mm-hmm. You, you call, you come where you're called. Okay. Second thing, get rid of all the mili- the military equipment, every okay. single piece of it. All right. The, the high caliber weapons, uh, the, the armored vehicles, get rid of all of that stuff. Okay. Along I've been talked that, about that. Get rid- Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Um, or we can circle back to it if you want. If you want to just go through your thoughts. Well, no. You, you can go ahead. Tell me what you think okay. about that. Um, I opined a few weeks ago on Facebook, and I got pummeled for it. But it was a discussion about our overly militarized police, which I don't like. I don't like that. But I, I thought to myself, maybe one of the reasons that our police force is a little bit is militarized is because the citizens that they are policing are armed to the teeth often sometimes with military grade weapons and if i'm a police officer and i'm in an area or you know i don't know if you know people have ar-50 or whatever they're called i mean i've since these you know these protests have gone i've seen some of these militia guys with crazy looking guns that will outshoot a Glock anytime. So I just wonder, and I probably I'm wrong, but I do wonder if one of the reasons that we have a militarized police is because we have a society that's armed to the teeth. Well, your average interaction between a, a police officer, like you know, a uniformed police officer mm-hmm. and a gunman is not that. Those, those are outliers. Right. And take take the example of of, of London, mm-hmm. the, the 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 patrolman on the beat, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, typically isn't armed, right? And so they're kind of walking around keeping the peace, de-escalating things. Mm-hmm. But if they have a situation like you know a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. then those cops can call in the specialized force who right. come in like the army. Yeah. So what I, what I'm saying is we don't we don't need that stuff at a protest. Mm-hmm. We don't need that stuff at you know 
your your average you know drug deal deal gone bad. Like they're very that 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 need is is pretty infrequent compared to all the other things that police have to do. So you don't you don't need a fleet of you know, ten armored vehicles and you know you know long range firearms mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. Like maybe I agree with you there. once a year, twice a year. Like I said, I was just so pining. Most of that stuff you, and because well, yeah. so maybe it's I'm because just I don't most of that stuff you, you can get rid of. Yeah. I was well, just along along. I'm just well, wondering along if along with if, that I, <laughs> you go I first. might have a delay in, in the call. I think we do. No, go ahead. I might have I might have that idea partially because I have strong feelings about gun reform. So maybe that's kind of coloring my thought about the militarization of the police. You know, maybe then in my own way, maybe that's how I kind of think to myself, well, that's why we should have you know, gun reform. I mean, if you're a cop, do you want to have to be patrolling people that, you know, have military grade weapons? So maybe I'm conflating two different things, which may be the case. Ah, it sounds like well, uh, the police are over near your house at fire department. No, ambulance. That's, that's fire department. Anyway, go on. Uh, there's no fire. They're just using their sirens to get through quicker. Is that? But anyway, um, well, that, Again, the average citizen, though, isn't buying those kinds of weapons. Like, you know, for the most part, cops are going to encounter, you know, nine millimeters and mm-hmm. 38s and 45s and 22s and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the average person. Sure. Now, yes, there are some gun nuts out there who have, you know, military grade weapons. Yeah. But, but, you know, actually, truthfully, basis, if you need militarized police, you probably need them more in rural areas, which I think are the areas where you have these militia nuts and not in, in cities. Well, I mean, speak, speak for, speak for your, your rural area. Cause I grew up in, in the country and even the white people didn't have militarized weapons. Everybody had, mm-hmm. had a shotgun and maybe a pistol. Right. And you primarily used it for target practice and hunting stuff. Right, but we're talking a while ago when you were growing up as a boy. Things have changed. I think that this heavy, like, there wasn't, like, crazy types of weapons that are out around now that there were back then. It seems to me that the gun laws have been more yeah, lax. You could, you could still get a hold, you could still get a hold of an AR-14 in, in the 80s. I okay. mean, AR-47. AR yeah. um, but my point is, yeah, this, there's probably more of those people in Montana than there are. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no offense to Montana. Or Idaho. If history yeah. serves. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I mean... So, along with demilitarizing in terms of equipment, mm-hmm. I would also say get rid of the uniform, which is a milit- militaristic-looking uniform. Okay. Not no uniform at all, or a less. No, have 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 a have a uniform, but not one that's based on um, a military look. No, also, I know what you're get yeah. rid of the get rid get rid of the military hierarchical system. No more captains and lieutenants and yada yada. 
You, you, you can be, I don't know what you would replace it with, but just from top to bottom, disconnect all of that from any kind of militaristic language or equipment. Me, and that, the logic behind that being that just having militaristic language just then kind of makes the police force behave more militaristic in that way. Like if, if things are just phrased differently, people will kind of behave differently. Is well, that kind of the logic behind it, it? Well, yeah, I mean, cu culture matters. Right. And if you, if you have a militaristic culture, then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to attract people mm -hmm. for the position who want right. to be yeah. in a militaristic environment who, mm -hmm. who are probably thrill seekers or they're, they were just bullies in high school. I don't know. No, no, that's a great point. But if you could that's be on the police, if you could be on the police force and it was just like, Oh, you're, you're, you know, you know, you're a traffic specialist. Like that's your title. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then that's a different, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Senior traffic specialist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and the 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 person running the precinct is just your manager or your supervisor, or you can call mm -hmm. him your leader, whatever. Right. But you, you wouldn't call him captain or chief or mm -hmm. none of that. That's a good idea. Definitely. So, so my, my 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 list is is super long. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hit some of the highlights. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Get, I would get rid of the police union's ability mm -hmm. to be involved with with uh, disciplinary actions. So, Meaning disciplinary actions example, against police officers. Against the, police. the union yeah. can't get so, involved there. The, the the union cannot advocate in any way mm -hmm. for that person. It's it's got it's got to be um, something else. The union should actually just be. behave like a regular kind of type of labor union, you know, but, you know, right. pay increases, things like that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, not work environment. Right. Okay. So yeah. Cause, cause I, I, I used to be a teamster and if, if I had done something really bad on the job, the mm -hmm. teamsters were not going to come to my defense for doing something stupid. Right. I just would have been fired and they would have been like, yeah. Right. That was a good idea. That makes sense. I mean, we do know that the police unions really prevent a lot of reform and watch their own in terms of, yeah, when questionable conduct has been committed by an officer, the unions are always going to back them and they're powerful, the unions. So, all right, go on with your list. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go to something probably a little like bigger okay. than that which I, I want to talk about what happens after the, the, a cop has, has, has done something wrong okay. and whether or not that person's able to be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been hearing a lot of talk in the media about the um, qualified immunity. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people have just recently heard about it. And there's a lot of confusion about it because mm -hmm. most people think that means that your local prosecutor can can take that can file charges and that cop mm -hmm. goes to jail. That is not what what qualified immunity is about. Mm -hmm. Qual qualified immunity is is for any government official, right? So, you know, any you, you, basically it says you can't be held liable for things that are done in the natural 
course of your duties. Mm-hmm. So, but that only applies to civil charges. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sue that individual uh, cop, then it's really difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what people are really thinking about is getting rid getting rid of what's called the reasonableness doctrine. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear is, you. Which is what gets in the way of prosecutions. Maybe, I don't know if the, the re- listeners will have the same problem, but when you just, your last part, I didn't hear. Can you repeat that, please? Well, the, the thing that, that people are confusing with um, qualified immunity is actually the reasonableness doctrine. Okay, talk about which, that. Which basically says, in a situation like the George Floyd uh, killing, would a reasonable officer in that moment make... You just went out on me again at the point choice. of George so Floyd would it's have... A really high bar uh-huh. legal, it's a really high bar legally to, to, to get over, which is why we don't see cops being prosecuted that often. They the, I heard a recording of a, of a police union meeting. I think it might have been... It might have been Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, but don't quote me on that. But they were okay. talking about the reasonableness doctrine as their First Amendment uh, because it protects them from any liability. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't it wasn't intended to do that. It was intended to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. But you know, intentions and practice are two different things. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But we we, we need to get rid of that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think the the bill in Congress right now includes. I have to go back and read it. I think it includes some talk of that, or it might just be qualified immunity, which I'm not really worried about that one. You can keep it, but this mm-hmm. other one is a problem. So what, what 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 do you think? Is is any of this possible? I mean, can we can we well, do any of this? Should we do any of this? You know, um, at the end of the day, I don't know that it's it. It seems to me um, from doing some reading that there is a there is a majority of Americans who recognize there's a problem in how we police, and it. And it, and you know, people do, according to some of the studies that I was reading, um, you know, they support things like outside investigations for police misconduct as opposed to an internal investigation. Um, and um, so I think that, that the will is there. And, and by, by will, I, I think the only important demographic we're talking about really are, are probably white people because. Um, my guess is black people who have been treated, you know, much worse than white people by the police probably already would want reforms. But so, so I think the important thing we're witnessing here is that more white people are admitting, at least according to some polls, that that it is that there is more force used against African Americans than white Americans, and apparently now they're not happy with it. We saw a lot of white faces in these Black Lives Matter marches we discussed maybe some reasons why that is but clearly i get a sense that there's change so can we implement the change that's a hard one i mean obviously i don't 
far as I understand, these types of changes don't come from the, you know, the executive level. <laughs> and if, even if they did, that's not going to happen under President Trump. Um, so ultimately, we have people, citizens have to vote these, you know, when they have the chance um, to get the type of uh, politicians or elected officials that will want to implement some of these reforms that we've discussed. Uh, I like to think that it can happen if the majority of people want it to happen and, and then use their, you know, democratic rights to vote. But as we know, a lot of people don't get off their butt and vote enough. They don't pay attention to the, to the positions of, you know, different um, politicians. And so I, I don't, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be change or is this just going to blow by? Well, the, the biggest problem is that, so it's great that Congress is looking to do something, mm -hmm. but Congress doesn't matter as much as city councils, mayors, okay. county supervisors, and, mm -hmm. and state uh, senators and representatives. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we're talking about 50, 50 state bodies an untold number of local and municipal bodies right. that all have to come to these decisions. So mm -hmm. even if, if Minneapolis tomorrow, you know, completely re re tears their police department down from the, from the, down to the, to, to the bricks, to the foundation and starts over and it works, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything for Indiana or mm -hmm. New York or Massachusetts. So mm -hmm. the problem is the problem is solved in Minneapolis. But then you cross the border into St. Paul even, and maybe yeah. it's not. So that's the challenge because we're talking about so many people right. who would have to who would have to get this done. And a lot of people, well, I'm not I'm not gonna say it that way because I don't want to be accusatory. But we don't take our local elections as seriously as we take national elections. Amen. Typically. Yep, that's true. Which is why you see you see low turnouts for you know stuff like you know Supreme Court justices and sheriffs and stuff yep. like that. But you see mm -hmm. high high turnout for the president. Absolutely. So what we need is to be more focused on these local officials and these local local elections because they're the only ones who can fix this problem. How do we get people to get more interested in that and to find out more about what local uh, politicians or local um, candidates, what they think about? Because we have to somehow make people interested in finding out. A lot of, a lot of times you go to, the, to vote and you're like, wait, who are all these names? I don't know. I mean, even that happens to me sometimes, you know, I have to, I'm guilty of that at, you know, at times. Um, how do you make people Pay more attention. That's a tough one. I, I don't know. I mean, part of the part of the problem is probably, um, you know, local media, mm -hmm. which you know nobody reads the newspaper anymore, and a lot of them are dying. Right. So there's not a whole lot they can do. Um, mm -hmm. Local TV news won't devote devote the time to to it because it's not it, talk talking about the the county sheriff race. Unless you have somebody who's really, you know, really controversial, 
mm-hmm. not nearly as sexy typically as a presidential election. Right. And a lot of it people just, are watching cable news networks that aren't going right. to even talk about what's going on in your own community. You know, I don't really watch much local news. I'm watching Anderson Cooper and some of the other guys. Um, you know, and then there's the issue of gerrymandering too. I'm, gerrymandering doesn't yeah, help. I mean, I mean, once once we get people's attention on the on the races, yeah, we have to deal with that. But that's a whole mm-hmm. separate uh, animal yeah. to slaughter. Um, yeah, when I get my hands on that gerrymander mean, guy, I'm gonna anyway. Stupid joke. Uh, pre- pretty sure he's dead. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I don't I don't read the newspaper any, anymore. I don't watch local news at all. Um, I listen to the radio. Um, mm-hmm. Some some you know uh, what's it. WBZ here in Chicago for, mm-hmm. for my local news. I'm yeah, um, and I listen to a lot of NPR and some podcasts, and then the cable news. Right. You know, but yeah, I'm not reading right, the Journal so, Sentinel these days. Um, and partially, it's because yeah, it's, uh, it's not delivered to my house. I mean that 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 makes a difference too. I mean, I could get a subscription and have it delivered every day, and it and I I prefer I would I think I would read my local newspaper. If I were getting it um, delivered, I, I used to have a subscription to the Journal Sentinel online. I still didn't read it that often. But if it was sitting on my couch, I would read it. But that's just something I have to deal with. But I do think that, you know, kind of the slight, you know, partially the, you know, the fact how local news media has really been dying. And as a result, it's gone, you know, to make things cheaper it goes online and i just i do wonder if there there's been studies that indicate if people are less inclined to read local news if it's available more online or cheaper online than having it delivered i don't know but as far as i'm as far as me that's the case i I don't know because people read tons of local news on facebook uh granted a lot of it is garbage because it might be made by who knows God knows who, but you know they read it on Facebook. So the problem is, I guess we don't have a responsible large platform like that for news. Well, the news like, has become who's, who's too gonna, tribal. You can just go to the source that you like and then hear what you want to hear. In the past, there was just you know the major networks, and they were you know trusted to be more or less fair. Now you can watch Fox News if you if you're a Republican. You can watch MSNBC if you're a Republican. Well, I mean, so there's yeah, that I mean, problem I, too. That's I, not good. I, I would I, I could I could live with that in the short term. Mm-hmm. If people if it if it led to people being focused on local elections. Even if yeah. they weren't they weren't interested in doing the things that I'm interested in doing it doing doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want more people to turn out to vote for these local elections. Yeah. Because that's what matters for these kinds of issues. Now, right. if you're if you're a wackadoo who read some some, you know, barely fact checked news on Facebook mm-hmm. and then made a decision to vote for the the sheriff who is against my interest, mm-hmm. fine. I don't I, I I think you could do better, but fine. <laughs> at least right. you at least you came out to vote. Yeah. Uh, but we don't even have that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I, I live in a city of what, two, three million people, and you'd be lucky to get a few hundred thousand for a local election. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Which is insane. Yeah, Americans are not good about taking advantage of their civil liberties and voting rights. I mean, we're notorious for that. <laughs> you know, even well, presidential only, elections. What's, what's, the, what's the number for national elections? Is what, like 30, 40 million registered voters who participate? Yeah, it's pretty appalling. Out of, I mean, out of over 300 million people? I think it's fair to say that we've taken our so, democracy for granted for a long time and I'm, I'm just wondering if this trump phenomenon if there's going to be any silver lining is that maybe people will start to take politics more seriously but that's another discussion <laughs> um right you know but yeah i i at, it, at the end of the day yes if we want these types of police reforms they're going to have to happen on the local level and since there's so many local levels throughout the country i think we're going to see a crazy patchwork of where you might be in one county and there's certain laws and then you know, 40 minutes later as you're driving, you're in another county where it's totally different. It's going to be weird. Well, the, the federal government could play a role because okay. they fund a lot of these police uh, districts. Um, so they could, they could change the incentives, mm -hmm. but that alone wouldn't correct for all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a complicated issue. But um, the good thing is that it's an issue now that is staring everybody in the face and it just can't be ignored anymore. Or let's at least hope that's the situation, that it can no longer be ignored and that there will be some type of positive change. And today our goal was just to talk about what some of those options could be, um, right. which I think we did. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts feel, you had? I, I noticed in the list. Well, I, I wanted I to feel, talk about I feel more depressed. Oh. You're more depressed. Um, I you blanked out a little well, bit. That, you said you feel that, more depressed. That, that, that last bit kind of depressed me a little bit. It's like oh. this is insurmountable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Happy Friday. <laughs> um, I wanted to just quickly discuss though, because um, you and I we mentioned before on the phone but when we were before this you had mentioned about banning tear gas and pepper spray. And so my first thought is if we want to reduce the amount of, you know, police, you know, uh, lethal, you know, police interactions, wouldn't it be kind of counterproductive to ban things like tear gas and pepper spray? Well, what were your thoughts on that? About, here's the thing about that word non-lethal. Okay. These, these, these um, items aren't necessarily non-lethal. They mm -hmm. do kill people. They're less lethal. Okay. And the other point I like to make is that you can't use tear gas and pepper spray internationally in 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 um, in warfare. It's considered it's considered chemical weapons. Okay. So when when the when the U.S. military goes abroad to fight a fight, they don't take tear gas with them. They don't need to. <laughs> they got stronger stuff. Um, I yeah, I don't. No, I haven't what what, studied no, that. What I'm so saying I don't know is, that's when, true, when, when, when they're trying to manage a local population, mm -hmm. they don't use tear gas. Okay. And and no military can use it because it's 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 deemed to be inhumane. 
Okay, I'll take you at, at your word for that. I haven't looked into that, but I'll take you. I'll take your word for it. But what would we use in lieu of something? I mean, stink bombs. What? I mean, how, you know, sometimes you well, do he, have to disperse the crowd. I don't know what that would be, but I do know that people get injured with with tear gas and pepper spray mm-hmm. more more than you would think. Okay. People people have lost eyes. People have actually uh, like actually died from being in the crowd when tear gas was was mm-hmm. administered so yeah it's very rare but that, it can happen to people that happened to a girl recently in the in some of the protests she had she was asthmatic i think or had some type of pre-existing condition and she died um as i i, I think you that know, some you, of these pepper brawls that they shoot or rubber bullets so i i think those are they can be very lethal so i, I understand pulling back on that as far as just the actual pepper spray close-up pepper spray. I, I don't know enough about it. I mean, obviously, people don't like it when it happens. Well, There's tasers. Sometimes they kill people if the person already has a pre-existing heart condition, maybe. Well, my, 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 my point is all, all, those, all those violent incidences mm-hmm. between protesters and police that happened a couple weekends ago, yeah. they, they couldn't have happened if, police, if the police weren't there. Why are police at a protest? I lost you. Again, that's that's bringing yeah, a hammer, you. which is the wrong tool for the job in that situation. Not hearing you. You know, uh, uh, last year, uh, last year there was a, a Chicago teachers strike, and um, you know they were protesting up and down my street out here, nary a, a cop in sight, and it didn't get violent. So I would have just not sent the cops out there and just let those people walk down that street and and do their first amendment first amendment first amendment granted right to civil unrest uh you know free speech I don't know it it, it just it just seems like if you have a heated situation and you send cops, that many cops, in riot gear, it's probably not going to end well. Thank you for listening to the Shut Your News Hole podcast. Please like and subscribe. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. As always, we hope you enjoyed.